video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch. Hello, my name is Justin DeClue, and I'm here today with Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Bay Street Video Podcast, where we pick the 10 most notable Blu-rays and DVDs that are released every week at Bay Street Video. You heard that right, folks. Notable. 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 Not best. <laughs> There's are we gonna have definitely to... a lot of notable titles on this list. Are we going to have to make that um, assertion every time we do the podcast? <laughs> well, I don't want people to look at these and think that these are maybe my favorite favorite movies mm. i mean not that i really care either way but you know i mean listening to the podcast hopefully they don't just look at the list and they're like all right this is definitive <laughs> yeah. moving on these are what these jokers picked <laughs> yeah please take my money these yeah. are the movies that i will watch so well you know what we start this list with one that i love the 20th century a canadian movie directed by matthew rankin definitely in the guy madden vein would you say Mark? <laughs> yeah just a little bit oh, just a little uh, bit he is from winnipeg as well right mm-hmm. is he not so yeah there's something going on in winnipeg there all these filmmakers like that guy madden style <laughs> isn't the crime rate in winnipeg very high i remember reading that <laughs> is somewhere. it really yeah <laughs> maybe it's related Did my to winnipeg that? teach us that and i just forgot <laughs> yeah. i love guy madden though um and i love this film too this was a big hit in canada at least when it premiered at tiff in 2019 now yeah it? it feels, feels like long it's been a yeah while two now. years because it wasn't last year it was the year before that yeah because yeah. it was at midnight madness a great midnight madness selection for tiff and it's just great it's basically a fantastical biopic of Mackenzie king who is canada's notable Prime Minister. I am not very familiar with Mackenzie yeah, King, other no, than we're, knowing we're pa- his name. Bad Canadians here. Yeah, that's right. But this film paints him as a weak-kneed loser who <laughs> uh, can't really deal with stuff. And, I mean, that's not a big selling point for the film. It's very fantastical. It's all, like, indoor sets that are all optical illusions. And it's surprisingly, at the end, it hits some emotional notes I did not see coming, especially that there's a big narwhal that plays an important <laughs> part oh, in the I movie. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, this one is great. I mean, do you think a guy mad Oh, I was going to say, will did a guy Madden ever play Midnight Madness? It definitely did. I feel like Tales of the Gimli Hospital played. Maybe back yeah. in the day. Not since I've ever been going to TIFF, because I've seen a bunch of guy Madden there, and it's always been like special presentations mm. or galas or something, because he's a big deal. You know, it was nice that Peter actually uh, did play it at midnight, because it, it does definitely feel like one of those. As the back says, best described as Guy Madden meets John Waters by way of Powell and Pressburger. Oh, yeah. And it is really, really funny. There mm-hmm. are like so a funny. ton of laugh out loud sequences in this um, especially when they get to the Canada competition kind of stuff going on yeah it is a great time we did talk about this like a little while ago when it got a DVD release uh, from a Canadian group called uh, Maison Catois Catois yeah yeah and uh, they put out a nice little DVD package but there was no they don't do Blu-rays so we were kind of a lot of people were waiting on a Blu-ray release for this film. and now it's out from Oscilloscope and there's a commentary there's an interview uh, with the director and Kayla Janice there's also some short films that he made so yeah it's a pretty solid package yeah and i think he's fairly well known too for doing some behind the scenes stuff that's where he knows guy madden he did the behind the scenes stuff right for guy that's madden what movies. it is yeah because yeah. i often see his name on like yeah behind the scenes doc of even other canadian filmmakers uh, stuff. and so moving on we have a release from a company that we've never talked about on this podcast cauldron films we talked about them briefly oh we did got we? uh american rickshaw right oh, that was them oh, and yes, that's abracadabra right. man 
Giallo. You keep mentioning that we've talked about this stuff on podcast before, and I'm like, I don't remember. <laughs> it's okay. It's That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. And so this is their second wave of releases with The Crimes of the Black Cat, as well as Beyond Terror. And I was all planning to come review these, but man, they just flew off the shelves. Space Street couldn't keep them on there, I right, know. Mike? Well, I might have underbought a little on these, <laughs> because the first wave of Cauldron releases did not move at all. People not did all. not like American Rickshaw, I but guess. But the difference but, is, yeah. people can walk into the store now and they see can. the cover. And so American Rickshaw doesn't sell. Something it's called true. Beyond Terror it's does. Tr- yes. Beyond Terror has a great cover, too, even though that's not the one we're talking about. But I like the uh, bikers with kind of like ghostly skeleton Yeah, faces. Crimes of the Black Cat, as you can probably tell from the title, is a giallo. <laughs> I hear it's good. Never heard about it before. And like, I, you know, I'm going to be honest. This is like bottom of the barrel stuff, right? Like, like giallo think so. And I think that's why I didn't go too deep on it, because we get so many giallo releases come through here. And unless it's like an arrow one or certain labels sell really well, but with the cauldron stuff, I'm like, does anybody, are people gialloed out? No, yeah, <laughs> they can't get enough of it. So you'll be getting more of these in stock, oh, yeah, right? yeah, we got a ton more on the way. And they're relatively cheaply priced, I think. Uh, probably well, no, they're probably like other. 25 or so. Okay. They're around there. All right, so moving on, we go to MVD Entertainment. And this is not an MVD Rewind film. It is, is this part of their label, like Marquee MVD Classics? MVD Marquee, I think? Yeah. Yeah, it's their MVD Marquee Collection, which is usually for like mid-2000s films that you've forgotten about. That's right. But here we have Mr. Jealousy, the uh, Noah Baumbach film starring our man, Eric, Eric Stoltz. Stoltz. We love Eric Stoltz. <laughs> and I feel like this is one of the, for, not forgotten, but one of the lesser talked about Noah Baumbach films. So like Noah Baumbach came out of the gate with Kicking and Screaming, not the Will Ferrell film. No. <laughs> Terrible. And then he made Mr. Jealousy and was Squid in the Whale right after that? Well, no, he actually made a film that he disowned oh, called Highball. Highball. But that was made during Mr. Jealousy. It was, yeah. right. Uh, but then you're right. He took an extended hiatus because Mr. Jealousy came out, I think, in 97. Mm-hmm. And he did nothing until Squid and the Whale in 2005. And I really enjoy Mr. Jealousy. It's essentially Noah Baumbach making a uh, Jules and Jim fan film. It has yeah, all like the same camera basically. moves, editing <laughs> stuff. And, you know, I always love to see Eric Stoltz in a main role. Yeah, Eric Stoltz is just a lot of fun, you know. And he was in Kicking and Screaming in a small role. It was nice to see him get like kind of the lead in this. I just find him so endearing. I don't, <laughs> Why? I don't know what it is about him. You're like, even get though he out plays, of the way, he Michael plays J. so Fox. many creepy Give roles, me, though, too. Uh, yeah, Eric I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't care about Michael J. Fox. Um, but this is a fun movie. Yeah, even I, who do not like Noah Baumbach anymore. Well, really? You don't like Noah? Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. I you think talked we've had about, this discussion yeah, before. Marriage story. Yeah, Marriage So this one, I was shocked when I uh, turned the Blu-ray over that there's a new Revisiting Mr. Jealousy featurette, 40 minutes long, and it includes interviews with cast members Brian Kerwin, Peter Bogdanovich. Ah, you know, give him a call. He'll show up. Well, the, he's in it. Yeah, I know. The producer <laughs> and the director in Vintage Interviews. So he did not come back to do new interviews. No. No, that is not shocking. Not. But I'm surprised there are special features at all on this mm, thing, because usually shocked. these MVD marquees don't come with much at all. <laughs> what do you mean? My copy of Roadhouse 2 doesn't yeah, have any special features? I don't know, does it? No. <laughs> so moving on, we have the House on Sorority Row, another MVD Rewind collection. And I've talked about my love of MVD Rewind in the past. Oh, yeah. But, you know, uh, I had to just pull out over the last few releases that real feel like phoned-in ones, but not this one. 
Except this is just a port of the code red disc that came out. There are some more special features on it, though. Is there? there I'm are. good. There are so many on the code there red are. one. Yeah, so this was on Blu-ray from Code Red, uh, and Scorpion, I think, did a reprint of it at some point. And that also had a ton of features. It was scanned from a... Like 2K. Uh, but it's just been out of print for a while, and uh, I love this film. This is one of my favorite slashers from the 80s, and I just never picked that release up. And I'm kind of glad I didn't because, I don't know, I just like the packaging on this. I do, I'm do. i a sucker for these MVD rewinds. I mean, but you didn't have the Scorpion one like I me, which I, I ordered didn't. like a sucker online. Did you? That's yeah. the thing. You can get this for a cool $23.95 now. Oh, that Scorpion release. Oh. Yeah, it was a lot more expensive Taking out before, a mortgage right? on my imaginary home. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a great film for anybody who, if you're already into 80 slasher films, you're probably already pretty familiar with this. But it's one of the ones I feel like that doesn't maybe get talked about as much because it didn't spawn a franchise necessarily. That's after. true, yeah. Uh, it did have a really terrible remake Just from 2009, yeah. which interestingly enough, both of these those films have reality TV connections, which, you know, I'm here, so I got to point out these realities. <laughs> The original one stars Eileen Davidson, who is actually a soap opera star from Young and the Restless, I think, but played a part on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills for a couple of seasons, Ooh. which one of our loyal listeners to this podcast pointed out to me because I totally forgot about that. <laughs> and then the new sorority row also stars Audrina Patridge from The Hills, so any Hills fans out there. But you still don't so, like the remake. The remake is a terrible, okay. terrible film. But, you know, all you reality show fans out there who also like horror movies, this is the perfect intersection. <laughs> so, but it's just a really great film. Oh, yeah. I really love it, and I would have picked it up if I didn't already have the Scorpion release. Wait, there's some other MVD ones where I was like, what is this? Like, they put out yeah, the Go-Go Boys. There was a while you were, I thought you were going to get every single one yeah, of these Yeah, but then MVD when they releases. did Action USA, I was yeah, like, nope. And then Have on Sorority Row, I'm like, nope, I already have that yeah. one. Yeah, um, Go-Go Boys comes out on July 20th, so we'll what, be isn't getting Isn't there another here. one that I saw on the shelf, and I picked up, and I looked at the back, and I was like, what? No special well, features. Well, Mortuary. Came Mortuary, yeah, that that's it, right or? it is. I think that's yeah. what it is, yeah. It's hard to say. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them come with a ton of special features. They do a really good job on these. Mm-hmm. But I guess there's a few that they kind of. Just I mean, don't get only recently because that's yeah. just new. Because usually they go all out on everything. Like yeah. we talked about, uh, Mikey had like right. that insane special Mikey. edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still available Great at film. Bay Street Great. Video. We carry all the MVD rewind stuff. It all sells well enough. Up next, we have Imitation Girl. Now this came out a long time ago because yeah. I own the original version. Oh, do you? Okay. Well, it's exactly this disc, and I bought it directly from Epic Pictures, which is a distributor. But I yeah. guess your Canadian supplier just got copies in. Well, here's the deal with epic we were trying to get their stuff for years from a bunch of different suppliers and they wouldn't sell to us apparently it was a u.s rights thing and they they were telling us because i got in touch with somebody at epic and they said they weren't allowed to sell to canada for whatever reason but then all of a sudden maybe like six months or so ago one of our suppliers mvd actually who seemed to be able to pick up anything they got the rights to it to sell to us so now we're getting a bunch of epic releases which are older ones but they've kind of just shown up so imitation girl it's not really a horror film it's kind of like an art house like out there kind of picture in which an alien takes the form of an adult film star and then she kind of has to get into the world and find a way to deal with it so it's very slow paced arty but it also stars lauren ashley Carter, who I really like because she has a very distinct look, and she won her way into my heart for doing an audio series where she read a chapter of uh, Jackie Chan's biography, I Am Jackie Chan, every week. Really? (laughs) That is awesome. I mean, I like her, yeah, in like a bunch of horror movies. She's pretty much, she's pretty recognizable in like the indie horror And this one is actually directed by a new filmmaker, Natasha Kermani, and this uh, Blu-ray is actually really packed because it has a director, uh, it has a commentary with the director, short films, deleted scenes, and 
also a whole other a feature. A whole other feature that's unrelated, though, right? Unrelated, called Nina Forever. And I saw Nina Forever when it played at Toronto After Dark. Yeah. Uh, I like it. It's fun. Yeah, and that was a weird one, because that was supposed to get a standalone release, what I remember, happened? for yeah. us. And we had ordered it. I think it might have been a Canadian-only release, because there was a Canadian company. And it got canceled right before it came out. And we just thought it was going to get delayed. And then I never heard anything about it again until here. And so Nina Forever it has a really funny premise, which is a guy's girlfriend passes away and he starts a new relationship and finds that every time that he has sex his dead girlfriend shows up mangled and bloody from the car accident to wryly comment on whatever's going on <laughs> American Werewolf in London style yeah I heard really good things about it um, so, and mean, it's weird they've sandwiched it on here I, yeah so. I don't know why so for the price of this disc which doesn't have a price tag at the moment it's $16.95 that's nothing it's nothing yeah, right these like, things are so cheap and you get a whole you get two full features on it and then a bunch of special features but just know that they are like arty and experimental and I think that's the reason that they kind of smooshed them together yeah. is because they were like oh you know we're dread central so maybe they're expecting a certain thing so yeah. we'll give you two arty and experimental films well they've done it with it we've gotten another release from them recently which is the same sort of thing um, of a couple films called, a couple of European, mm. more like genre ones, uh, Zombieology and Vidar the Vampire. I don't mm -hmm. know if you're familiar with those no, films at all. No, I've heard but of they've them. They've done I, the yeah. same sort of thing where it's like Zombieology is like takes center stage, but then on the back it's like also includes this whole other movie. So moving on, it's Blind by Time. Blind, Blind by. by. Woo, 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 woo. We gotta have a sound thing for oh, that. Oh, yeah, I don't have it. I think <laughs> I just have. Bells dun, 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 <laughs> so let me play that. Blind by. <laughs> yeah. I gotta get a sound. We gotta what get a beep. It should just be blind by or something yeah. like that. Blind by. Blind by. And so this one continues the streak that Arrow Video has of releasing new movies. I wonder if they're gonna stop doing this because you get the sense of them being like, ah, no one's really buying uh, these. Yeah, I wonder how much these sell because. For us, like, you're pretty much the only person that buys these. So. <laughs> Although, no, we, I think we sold one other copy of this so far. Some, though, like the stylist, which came out recently, mm. that sold more. It's Maybe like, just because of the make premise. make it a horror but, film or we're yeah, not Yeah, exactly, buy it. right? Yeah. I think if it's a little more offbeat, like this one, <laughs> has a harder time selling. Really? You know? Okay. So this one I picked up off the shelf, and I was like, oh, okay. Ooh, new Arrow films. I always like it when they release new ones. That instantly gets my attention. Yeah, I like that. And well. then I was like, shot on iPhone, sold. I just yeah, like, I ran know, to right? the desk, and I was like, Mark, I'll be taking this, please. <laughs> And so Threshold is a film about a brother and sister. The sister is going through some stuff. She used to be a drug addict. And the brother helps her get over a problem, which is she tells him that she's been cursed. Mm -hmm. And that she feels everything that the other person that she was cursed with is going through. So they decide to go cross country and go find the person. Not really any other plan in mind. Yeah, exactly. I was, I was a little confused by the plot of this. Or like what their agenda was. Yes. <laughs> I, well, they, they even talk about, like, what are we going to do when we get there? Well, it kind of shows what, I guess, the nature of this uh, project was because it was filmed over a 12-day road trip. Trip, yeah. And it was, it was like all crew of, like, mostly. three people. Yeah. The director said he had a 27-page outline. So it sounds like it was fairly detailed, but it's like you got to hit these beats when you talk. Yeah. I heard a lot of the dialogue was improvised, though, too. Yes, but it I was. Don't know. It was, right? Yeah. yeah. So what did you think of this movie, Mark? I thought it was okay. I think that there's a lot. I love this kind of movie. It kind of brought me back to that moment. Yeah, well, that's what it is. It is a mumblecore movie. Basically a mumblecore movie, yeah. movie yeah, more it than is. it is a horror movie. It almost well, reminded me. that's I said. Me, I'm like, it's not I a know. horror movie. It's and a mumblecore film. I love mumblecore. Um, and it reminded me of something like The Puffy Chair, maybe, yeah. if The Puffy Chair were like more of a horror thing. Only or they at were the going, beginning and end, pretty only much. Only at the beginning yeah. and end, because mostly, you're right, it's just focusing on their relationship and how her, her drug abuse has kind of affected the family and how his marriage is falling apart and mm -hmm. all that. 
Um, they do also mention on the back of the the artwork that it's like a uh, resolution, the Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead resolution, trying to help your somebody you know out with drug abuse. And it has that kind of like raw DIY feel to it. I like the way it looked at everything. I think for me, it just, it held it back a little from being like really great because I just felt I'd seen a lot of this kind of movie before, both in a lot of Mumblecore movies and a lot of like indie horror movies, with especially with cult sort of stuff in yeah. it. I'm not sure it did enough that was like really new for me that was like oh wow this is like something unlike anything i've ever seen before whoa those are some big shoes to fill no i know i know not that i was coming into it that expectations but a lot of it just felt kind of familiar to me but having said that i do like the way it was shot i thought they used the iphone uh technology really well in it and i love that kind of just like it did bring me back to that feeling of wanting to just like make a movie again just the feeling of making a movie with your friends like let's go on a road trip make a movie with some iphones and like see what comes out and i do like that oh absolutely i would say i would agree with everything that mark said when i watched it mark's like i want to do it as a blind buy i was like mark i don't know i feel like you're just gonna be like yeah this is okay yeah it's like a solid like you know it's like three out of five for me or something but that doesn't mean it's not worth watching to me i think like it's definitely worth watching for especially if you're like interested in filmmaking yourself i think there's a lot to get out of it and i think the performances are fairly natural. yeah i mean it's really a two-hander i don't think there's like there's one other character that shows up and that's pretty much it <laughs> yeah exactly right and it does culminate in like a you know an entertaining horror-esque ending even if it doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense but you know and mark speaking of the fact that you know if you want to get inspired by filmmaking in this blu-ray they went all out there's like two commentary tracks yeah. there's a feature-length documentary there's even a featurette on how to color correct iphone footage so you get everything in this disc, including like a round table with a bunch of other directors that made no budget films. Eh, weird. I'm not included on this, but you <laughs> yeah, know, there's a lot of fun stuff to discover. <laughs> now, if you want a horror film that goes all out, impossible yeah. horror. Exactly. <laughs> Available at Bay Street Video. <laughs> yeah. Please, Mark just bought a copy. He needs yeah, to sell exactly. it. Uh, you're right, though. I love when Arrow does these new movies and puts the same level of effort uh, that they put into the regular. Which they didn't have to. Like a lot of companies, they just like, if this had been released by like, I don't know, um, what is it? Art exploitation? Yeah. They would have just like dumped it out. That's Probably. the thing. They could just do a really bare bones release and just call it a day, but they don't, and I love that. And I've heard from filmmakers that have gotten their stuff put out that they're really generous to filmmakers, and they really want to like when they acquire your film to put it out. Yeah. They're like really good. To they're do like, that. listen, do special features. We won't pay you, I assume, I know, but right? just do them. <laughs> well, a lot of companies once they acquire a film, they just ignore the director yeah, and they exactly. put it out like they don't talk to them, nothing. And that's I always feel weird about that as a boutique Blu-ray distributor. Exactly. As well. I'm a little surprised. They didn't even they didn't put their first feature on this. Maybe they just couldn't get rights or something. Oh, bastard! But, yeah, which is like a slasher film. Exactly right. You think they might have been able? Because I think in the past they might have done that. Sandwiched it on. They did because um, what is it? The deeper you yeah, dig, the deeper had you a dig first had feature. That. But I think the difference between that one is that bastard was distributed by yeah. a bunch of people. Even though I think it got a DVD release in North America and nothing else. I, I was looking briefly, into it, yeah, and it got, got released in Germany on Blu-ray. So okay. it may be like in a weird legal limbo. And yeah, right. but anyway, if anything that we talked about the fact that it's like a low-key cinematic mumblecore film because when i think of mumblecore i think of like you know shaky cam jump cuts (laughs) and this does not look like that um if you did not know it was improvised you may not even know the way that it's shot even though that like it's like 
a two camera setup in the car a lot of time, like jumping between both of them. Well, you know, you do get that feel of like, and I like that, you know, it brings me back to something like Jeepers Creepers or something, which spends <laughs> oh, like Jeepers a lot Creepers. of time. We've well, talked a lot about Jeepers Creepers. We? Yeah, I always bring up Jeepers Creepers. I just love and it. your love for Victor Salva. <laughs> yes. Which I just realized actually that his first, oh, no. his first movie, Clown House, the one where he actually yes. molested the child on and is actually available as an Australian DVD now after I thought it was, you know. No, like, Mark, don't years. bring it into print. No, no, no. I'm yeah, not, don't touch that but one. But somebody, uh, somebody special ordered it here through the store. I'm like, wow, I did not realize this was How can you available. watch that movie? Like, that should not, that should be, like, put no, in, like, lockup right. or something like that. Even though people, at the time, people were like, he's a new Steven Spielberg. Yeah, people thought it was really good. At yeah. the, I actually haven't seen that one. No, me neither. I, yeah, for obvious reasons. For obvious reasons. I just mentioned Jeepers Creepers because it has the opening where they're, like, dry. It's the brother-sister thing where they're driving the car. And I really like that kind of opening where you kind of build up to the horror between just, I never like, watching two Jeepers people. Creepers specifically for the ending, which I'm like, where's the third act uh, of this movie? Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. But I still like it. I just still like it. You were at a special time. That special horror, time. like, you love those PC and Mac commercials. Exactly, <laughs> like, right? That Justin guy. Long, you know, he's a hero to me. He was like my Ferris Bueller. How do you feel about Justin Long selling out? You know he's a PC guy now? He does he PC, PC commercials. Guy? No. Yeah. <laughs> How dare he? Because I'm an Apple man myself. Really? Yeah. Uh, Apple. I, sorry, I'm a slave to Apple. Moving on to a VCI release, we have another Classico del Cine Mexicano, which is a series that VCI has been distributing, which are remasters that I believe the Mexican Cinematheque have been doing of yeah. classic Mexican films. And what's interesting about these is you'll find very few English language reviews of them. Like yeah. this one, uh, Espaldas Mojadas, which uh, the English title is a slur, so I'm not going to say that. Yeah. And hopefully yeah. I mispronounced that title enough. That, yeah, there you go. <laughs> is a film that looking into it, like it's on the 100 best Mexican films of all time of Somos Magazine, which I assume is a Mexican magazine. Mm -hmm. But like looking on Letterboxd, it doesn't have one review. Yeah, that's the thing. When I was looking up these films, because they released another one this week to uh, La Rebellion de la Colgados. Yeah, they boast about them being like, yeah, top 100 films of all time in Mexico. But yeah, it's hard to find any info, I guess, outside of if you saw these sort of when they were coming out. But it's nice that these are being unearthed and put out oh, there yeah. for North American And they're pretty now. cheap, too. They're like 20 bucks. Yeah. So like you can take a swing on it and be like, oh, maybe if I don't like it, even though that everyone in Mexico likes it. There was another one that was released this week, right? It yeah, was Rebellion de la Colgada. And these are black and white films, which is always like, ooh, extra classy. Yeah. <laughs> and so I haven't watched this one, but I did purchase it. I'm very excited and checking it out because I love companies dipping into world cinema and putting it out there. And VCI, uh, I've talked about sometimes they have very shady product where you're like, that they do. <laughs> These Mexican films are only dubbed. What's going on here? But here they are using remasters that they didn't do. So there's not much for them to screw up. Even though <laughs> that when I popped this in and I ripped it like I usually do to watch the movie, I was shocked that there was no subtitles, no subtitle options either. And I'm like, what the hell? And I looked at the back. I'm like, does this have subs? It says it has subs. It's just two movie files on the disc. Instead of just uh... including subtitles, they have one version was burnt in subs and one was out. And it's like, why? What are you guys doing? Ah, <laughs> yeah. uh, CI, the decisions you made. You know what? Maybe they received the remaster from the people that did it with burnt and subs, right. and you can't really remove them in that case, which may be the reason why it's like that. So moving on, we have- Not a real cinema here. Yeah, we've talked about uh, ones that we've pretty much liked up until now, <laughs> and when Mark started this podcast was like, oh, you know, there's some that we don't like, or, you know, notable- well, Hold on a sec there. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So what we I have in my hand here is the John Travolta classic, 
Lake, directed by Simon West. Everybody's like, I know what they're talking yeah, about right. now. The General's <laughs> exactly. Daughter. So what do you have to say about General's Daughter, well, Mark? The, the only thing I have to say about this movie, when it came out, I was, I think, 11 years old. Mm -hmm. And my grandma really wanted to see this movie. And I guess she just thought it was like a, you know, like a legal thriller or mm -hmm. something. She asked the box office person, is this okay for my 11-year-old grandson to take into? And the box office person was like, yeah, that's fine, or whatever, like, didn't care, went into it. This is a hard R-rated movie about a, uh, basically, a female soldier who gets raped, and John Travolta is, like, the investigator brought in to uh, solve it. A lot of violence, uh, a lot of... Does Simon uh, West bring that Tomb Raider and Con Air magic? Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? Like, Simon West will always be a god for Con Air. Um, and we talked about him for Skyfire. That's a one and done. He never came back to that level. He never did. Yeah, he really sucked after that. And, yeah, my memory of this movie really is just like it's scarring me as a kid i remember one scene james woods is in this too and he's like i think he has something to do with it and there's a scene where he ends up blowing his head off which also scarred me uh, <laughs> so yeah this movie really scarred me as a kid and that's really all i gotta say about and the you have not watched it since there. then I've never gone back to it but you know this will always this poster of him like saluting and everything will always like live in my mind it like haunts reason. your nightmares it currently rests above you yeah bed. there's something about this when it came out it just like stirs up all those old uh, traumatic feelings but well, um, i think i like it when I was a kid, even though it, because I think it was like a mature movie. I'm like, ooh, I'm seeing like an adult film here. And Paramount, even though this is not a Paramount Presents, they brought all the DVD special features commentary by Dr. Simon West, which I remember listening to at one point. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> he reads off notes the entire time. So you've so, seen this film? A long time ago. I don't remember anything about it. I currently have the DVD sitting on my shelf being like, I should revisit this. You should. I, <laughs> I don't know why. Mark has not revisited since he saw it in no. theaters. But... Maybe now's the time. Maybe yeah. now's the time. <laughs> so, movie. Moving on, we have a release from a favorite of mine, Sub Rosa Entertainment, SRS Cinema. And this is one that was exclusively on Blu-ray from them for a long time, and it finally came to DVD at a very reasonable price at $17. It's Howl from Beyond the Fog, which is a kaiju film, so like giant monsters, but it's all puppets. So, like, uh, the monsters are puppet, the people are puppets, the sets are all, like, in miniature. It's a very kind of, like, poetic, uh, you know, emotional story. And it's great. I love it. It's short. It's, I think, 40 minutes long. Okay. But when it ends, you're like, oh, I got enough. Like, you don't need any more. And it actually, they try to trick people on the back here because it says 70 minutes oh. with making of because there's a 35-minute making of, which, thankfully, is English subtitled, which was not the case with some other Sub Rosa uh, Japanese yeah. entertainment. So, yeah, this definitely gets a recommendation. At that price point, I'm like, oh, yeah, if it interests you, then you'll like it because it's like nothing that has ever existed, essentially. Oh, totally. And yeah, unfortunately, we don't get the Blu-rays of these in here for some reason. I don't know if it's just like a rights thing. No, I think it's an exclusive. Thing. they yeah, want to sell directly. it directly from them and then to other places like probably Walmart and stuff like that they throw it on yeah. DVD I feel like it was probably shot in standard definition with these kind of probably, things so, right? yeah. like you, you, you're good with so this. now Mark put this on the list and this is a uh, double disc release from a company called what is it Frolic, uh, Frolic Entertainment Pictures, which, which is definitely public yeah, say. even though I looked at the list of stuff that they released, there's some stuff that does not look public domain in that, where yeah. I'm like, ooh, problematic. <laughs> and yeah. so this is a double disc release of Pulgasari, the North Korean giant monster movie. Love it. Love and it. And Cruel Ghost Legend, which I believe is like Black... Is it Black Cat House? Does it go under a different title? I honestly don't know. I really only picked this because Paul Gasari. I actually don't know much about oh, Cruel Ghost I mean, Legend. I'm going to say, um, I can guarantee you this film 
looks like a YouTube rip because I'm oh, sure totally. it was pulled from YouTube. It <laughs> must. Yeah, we don't usually get. It, it was a little. Oh my week. god, it's so expensive <laughs> too. I know we don't usually get frolic stuff in because of sort of the public domain yeah. nature, and they've released a lot of stuff that is out in legitimate versions mm-hmm. anyway. Um, but they put this whole like limited edition grindhouse double features. Yeah, and, like, I saw a list they really of stuff they're like, putting out. Big it up here, like when I they're mean, talking about like who picks these. And the uh, back cover is definitely a graphic design is my passion kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, like I've never seen so many fonts on the back of one thing. A lot of colors. There's some clown faces on there for some reason. Oh yeah, I don't just know horrifying. What's Nothing going says grindhouse here. like clown faces. <laughs> um, and so this uh, gives us a reason to talk about Pulgasari. Which that's basically all. Yeah. I really want you know somebody actually Don't asked, buy this TV, somebody please. actually asked about ordering Pulgasaria and I saw this release was available I'm like you know what I'm gonna bring a couple of these in test the waters because I'll probably pick one of these up if no if nobody buys it because I love Pulgasari I mean putting aside the fact that it was made in North Korea and they kidnapped people to work on it like <laughs> yeah. there's a whole fascinating story behind this oh there's an amazing book called the Kim Jong Il production yeah. about uh, the kidnapping and the filmmakers love that book really highly recommend it and Pulgasari also like some of the Godzilla people came and did the effects mm-hmm. and were in the monster suit. Yeah, it was like their attempt to do like a big budget. Wait, have you ever told the story that a North Korean tourism person screened Pulgasari at the Vlor Cinema? I was at that screening, yes. so that is where I saw Pulgasari. My friend was like really obsessed with North Korea for a while, just like with what you know, like mm-hmm. what's going on in North Korea. Bad and, stuff. That's what's going yeah, on. Exactly. And he caught wind of this playing when we were both in like in college and we came down and saw it. And yeah, it was a great I mean the movie was great, a hilarious, great time. And then yeah, they had this guy who's a Canadian guy who was from Corio Tours, I believe, yes. talking about the process of actually going to just visit North Korea just Ooh. as a tourist. And he was making it sound so pleasant, like, oh yeah, no, it's like a good time and everything. And I'm like, uh, I felt very uncomfortable yeah. afterward where he was like There was like, like a moment where I'm like, oh maybe I could go to North Korea. And then I thought about it some more I'm like but, you know, there's just too much of a chance. Afterwards, they were like, Justin, they had so much pleasant time working with you because I was working at the Bloor at the time. I was like the marketing manager. And I was like, they want to do more stuff. He was like, yeah, I'm just not going to respond to this email. <laughs> it makes me feel a little uncomfortable doing this kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, but that was a great screening, though. That's one I always remember from, like, the heyday of Toronto's reps theaters. It's like, the super board. weird. The yeah. fact that there was a North Korean tourism board guy oh, there. man, I know. And I remember the print for that not looking great. I but feel it was probably a DVD. There was, like, a decent crowd there and everybody had a good time with it i feel like just... i may have had to source it myself the guy's like did, i don't have a yeah. copy of Pulgasari. <laughs> dustin can you find it's one? probably the same thing that's on this disc <laughs> right now probably because well, a version made it out i think for a while there was like a weird website you could buy north yeah. korean films yeah, from yeah you're right and uh, that's where, like, the one that w- escaped from. There's a really good book on North Korean cinema, too, of a guy that went to their Cinematheque and oh, watched wow. a bunch of their movies. Fortunately, that book was published by, like, a very little, you know, niche publisher, and it goes for, like, $70 now. I don't remember exactly what it's called, but I remember getting it from a library and really enjoying it because, man, North Korea sucks, but they made some insane movies. And that's the thing. Like, you don't really see any of that cinema come out like or just any get any kind of exposure over here for obvious reasons beside like Pulgasari was kind of my the first North Korean film I ever saw I saw one at real Asian basically like a coming of age type mm. movie but it was like done under strict like North yeah. Korea so that was kind of interesting I saw some documentaries obviously mm. but in terms of like narrative cinema you don't get to see behind they made like a lot of war movies that are yeah, very exactly, boring pretty right? much <laughs> but you know Pulgasari is a great time and it's also just fascinating for how it was made so 
if you have you know any interest in weird you know international cinema, I would say take a chance on it. And this. it has a very weird message where you're like, wait, yeah, is communism no, good or bad? It's weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to say what they're actually trying to go for. And you're like, like is Bulgasari a- communism itself, or is it like anti-communism? Yeah, right. There seems to be almost like a push and pull between like the North Koreans and then like maybe yeah the directors. Yeah, stuff, so. it's a really fascinating watch, and I would say yeah, check it. And out. with the best for last, because we've got Space Jam. In 4K, with which everybody was asking for, right? Really, Uh, Michael Jordan is smiling on this cover, wider than he's ever (laughs) smiled in the movie. Now, I don't remember the last time you watched Space Jam, Mark. I watched Uh, it recently, a couple years ago, for the Import Cinema Club. Michael Jordan's performance is hilarious. It's hilarious. Rather be anywhere else, he's like, "Hey, bugs, what's going on? (laughs) What are are you doing? Oh no!" At one point, the most horrifying sight a child can see is Michael Jordan squished into a screaming ball of flesh. Oh my god! And especially when it happens, and comes out of his like oh man what, what oh god i can't believe that happened and he basically just acts like he's doing a commercial for yeah. this you know like because this did spawn from like a series of commercials he did super bowl bug, commercials super bowl yeah. commercials right space jam i know you hate space jam right like you're not a fan of it no i don't i yeah. think it's real bad i love it because i don't know when i was a kid this was like the biggest movie ever and for i know you were too but like oh i, I yeah, don't know I, just I like could not get enough of space I jam not, when it I came had out all the toys the oh, soundtrack i was like, not I rich like all. you i was like ready <laughs> i saw it in theaters though i vividly remember oh, yeah, that same here and like a lot of children uh trash that i watched i also remember seeing it and being like something feels wrong like really, yeah. like the looney tunes are overshaded in the movie because mm, i had watched you yeah. know like the bugs bunny and tweety show like they yeah. looked wrong like like why do they look like that like yeah, they're looks too a detailed spiffy too, too overly spiffy at one sure. point donald duck like uh donald duck daffy duck sticks his head in his ass and yeah. i remember being like whoa the animators <laughs> got away the with hell? that yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. For some reason, this movie has just like stuck with me over the years, and I do. I watch it every couple of years. And really? It still holds up for me. Yeah, I watched it a couple of years ago, and I still had a great time with it. I do, do agree. Do you turn with you. the sound down when the R. Kelly song starts at the end? No, <laughs> no you turn I it mean, up. Hey, look, R. Kelly is a disgusting, horrible mm-hmm. person. That song's a banger. Am I gonna? Am I gonna? No, I don't. I don't care either way whether I hear those songs. They actually again. switched the song. I heard which that, I like that, and that's an interesting yeah. idea for sure. I think once you start going down that road, I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> lot of problematic. Like, are we? I mean, nobody's <laughs> Wait. nobody's quieted down Michael Jackson songs either. Oh, so, I have. I mean, well, maybe you. And are, Disney but, has. Like, they, they took really? away the um, uh, Simpsons episode on their streaming service with Michael Jackson. I did on. not know that. Well, hey, you know, what are you gonna do? Take away like... John Landis films next? <laughs> yeah, no, right. I, it's one of those things where, like, I don't care either yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, if I watch Space Jam again and they subbed out the R. Kelly songs, fine. I don't care. <laughs> whatever. I believe I, I can fly. Like, hey, I love those songs were bangers yeah. when I was a kid. I loved them. I would be singing, though, I believe I can fly. But so, nowadays, it's like, uh, the real just, question is, gross, like, do you find away. Lola Bunny sexy in this movie? I don't think I ever did. <laughs> yeah. I, the thing with me is, too, it's like they almost make. I almost think Bugs Bunny was like, for all the regressive stuff in Looney Tunes, there was. I love how Bugs Bunny would get dragged sometimes. There was a bit of like a kind of. Like Bugs Bunny a sucks. A bit of his. Yeah, I mean, Bugs Bunny sucks. But the fact by making him so explicitly heterosexual in this movie, mm. like he's going after Lola, kind of like. I oh, thought I thought you Bugs meant Bunny's, like dragged. Bugs as Bunny's in, sexuality was always a little fluid to me. I thought, I thought you meant dragged so. as in like someone made fun of him. No, no, no he like he was always in drag, in drag yes, and everything. Yes, yes. I thought there was like a lot. Obviously, I don't think that was like conscientious like they were trying to explore his sexuality but 
I think there was something about Mark, making him so explicitly heterosexual. Than a man dressing as like. a woman. You I know, know that. I love right? it. <laughs> like all the teachers at school, there's definitely one that dressed as a woman at some point. Yeah, exactly. Laugh or add. But drag oh, is like time. great. And drag is mm. a legitimate art form. And I love how Bugs Bunny kind of like you saw that in early, you know, inadvertently or not. Um, but I don't know. There was something always weird to me about making him like go after this like sexy. She's Lola so Bunny sexy in this thing. movie too. Like, like her shirt keeps dropping movie. down. Yeah, yeah. Like what are you guys doing? But I think as a kid, I didn't really realize it either. Uh, and if you pause this movie, the background characters, I made a thread on Twitter, are horrifying. Like, they just, like, replace the heads. Like, they oh, don't assume I, anyone's going to pause this and, like, look I at agree. it. I agree. The last time I watched it, like, a couple <laughs> years ago, my partner and I, we were we were pausing a few times at the crowd scenes, and it's like, holy. Like, they, they thought they could just get away like with It's almost like those, this. like, you know, those video ga- like basketball video games from the 90s where there's, like, generic sort of crowd stands. Uh, oh, but, like, if you go real close, especially in 4K, you can see, oh, like, yeah. they'll be the same character, but they switch the heads <laughs> so it's like 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 ah it's crazy well, that's what i'm almost excited because i haven't even i i just have a dvd copy mm. i haven't even seen it on blu-ray so i'd like to see like what that christmas actually does to like this you can see michael, Jack- uh, michael right? jackson's michael jordan's completely disaffected performance in the <laughs> yeah. movie where he's like hey bugs what's going yeah. on i mean i'm gonna say this and i say this every time space jam comes up i really like looney tunes back in action I'm not as big a fan of that know, one, that to be honest. Me, I know. I, like, Brendan Fraser, the I know, I know. done correctly. You know, I actually never saw that until maybe six, seven years ago. I never saw it when it came out. I, I and... thought on DVD when it came out. Okay. So I was not like nostalgia. I was too old for that at that point. Yeah, so, same here. Yeah. But I wanted to watch it because I love Joe Dante, mm-hmm. love Brendan Fraser, you know. Brendan Fraser, I think like, I like He plays it. the stuntman yeah. of Brendan Fraser. No, I like that. Yeah. I think I like the idea of it mm-hmm. more than I oh. love it. I love the execution, um, even though that I know yeah. Joe Dante had a miserable time That's making it. That's the thing, it. yeah. <laughs> I read all the trivia behind the scenes stuff, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he hated making Did this. Did you so. hear the, the story that they were at like a script meeting and they brought in like an Oscar winning screenwriter? And yeah. he was like, does Bugs Bunny have to say, what's up, dog? <laughs> Joe yeah, Dante's like, what? <laughs> I think, yeah, with that, it's like, I almost wish I could see the unfiltered Joe Dante version of that movie. Well, do you know that, if you can find them on YouTube, there's like 40 minutes of deleted scenes that were on the DVD through a DVD-ROM extra that you had to go online to get it. DVD-ROM, eh? (laughs) And I think that you really get the kind of like uncut Joe Dante in those deleted scenes as opposed to the compromised version in the movie, even though they do go to Area 52 that has all the Joe Dante monsters, like Robot Monster, Edgar G. Elmer's uh, Man from Planet X is in that. Uh, So I love that that sequence. No, that stuff's good. And it definitely, you can tell he has like more of a feel and a love for like the lore of Looney Tunes and everything than like Joe Pitka, uh, the man who I know, yeah, the most famous commercial director ever, I think, and is also famous for, after searching his name, eating the most expensive piece of food ever. He ate (laughs) like a golden truffle or something like that, that like sold for $500,000 or something ridiculous. When you're the most (laughs) successful commercial director, I guess, you know, that's what you do. And I do love that it seems like he was punished by doing a commentary track with Bugs Bunny and Daffy I Duck. know, I always remember that. That's great. And he never really, he never directed a movie He's again, like, I'm right? so rich. That was I don't it. need to. Yeah. He did do one other movie. Okay. I remember seeing it on his uh well, he did that Richard Dreyfuss movie from the 80s. Okay, maybe Let that's it, what I'm thinking of. Let It Ride, yeah. like some comedy yeah. I've never seen. But, um, but I after think those are his only Space two... Jam, he's like, I've said everything I've said I need <laughs> to say. I know. And I mean, really, once you've made a movie like Space Jam, what else do you need to say? Are you excited for Space Jam 2? No, not at all. Movie theaters are opening. You can I, go. Oh, I know. I know. Space Jam lobby has probably forced it through I have Ontario. No interest in Space Jam, even when it was first announced. Oh no, I me neither. Do you know? No, care. I was excited because they got a really experimental director to make it. Oh, did they? Yeah, oh, I don't remember what the film he's directed. It was like uh, the smell of her or something. Oh, 
Okay. And like it was a very like experimental oddball film Ryan Coogler was producing. But then they kicked him to the curb and they got like um, Malcolm D. Lee to direct. Is he, oh, yeah, he's, he's the one who directed it. it. Yeah. So I was like, oh, no, thank you. That's the thing. I Even mean, though they released clips and it seems so like shameless that I'm like, mm, I don't know. Like there's a video of like Porky Pig rapping. I'm I like, know. oh my That's God. <laughs> and it's it's strange for me to say that, I guess, because. You yeah, I'm very shit. well aware that the first Space Jam is also just, like, corporate shilling. Oh, and, like, so... it's just, I'm not saying that this is any, like, higher art or anything. <laughs> There's just something about the new one that just, like, rubs me even worse the wrong well, way. Well, I think it's and probably all know. the IPs coming together, yeah, too. It's like, I look, think it's that. Scooby-Doo. It's like making it, like, Ready Player One now or something. Yeah, but it's, and it's, like, it's so uh, funny because it's like, there's the mask uh, standing beside. And I remember talking <laughs> with the Droogs. <laughs> uh, Will Sloan about this where we were like, can you imagine somebody told you that, like, oh, Adam West Batman will be beside <laughs> the know, mask right? and, you know, Val... Um, Kilmer Batman yeah. and then you're like wait but is it actually them you're like no it's like going to like Universal Studios yeah exactly <laughs> it's, it's just like a cheap thrill ride <laughs> yeah. thing right but yeah the, like all their like nostalgia bits like the whole like Matrix ad thing that they're going around now, oh I didn't see like, that Matrix yeah, yeah basically they're like redoing the opening scene of the Matrix with like Trinity at the computer but it's like Porky Pig that is and so like, lame and it's I, like, I've got to be impressed by that this? like obviously this is for like 90s kids right yeah, but like what like new like young kids are yeah. gonna get anything out of this you know what I almost think that i mean this is being a very generous reading but the kids who have 80s nostalgia have it deeper than maybe people that we do to see it like recreated and repackaged for them that's true that's Uh, true maybe it's because we've consumed so much media since then because we've been like assaulted by it yeah well the 80s kids they had that that was theirs and it was a collective experience that everybody was taking in yeah and for us it's like oh i don't need that because i have new stuff that i can do that's the thing i agree like this seems like it like the new one would be right in our wheelhouse Mm. but i've like from yeah, the second it was announced, I don't think I ever had one iota of like, mm, yeah, I'd like to see that. And I they just, go like, CGI too in the movie. Yeah. So, no, yeah, thank it you. Looks so terrible. So like, I'll just stick with my old Space Jam with a bad Michael Jordan. You know, I love, I do love athletes acting, and <laughs> yeah. as bad as oh, Michael Jordan is in this, there's say, something endearing about him just playing himself. Really, blandly. talk about bad athletes acting because uh, there's the all the other basketball players that are in this movie oh, and lose their powers. I love <laughs> that. I think my favorite scene of space, the original Space Jam, is when Charles Barkley. Lee goes to the uh, neighborhood. Uh, so funny, and they're game, just like dunking on and, him, and they're all He's dunking like, oh. on him. And then the guy's like, "You, you're not Charles Barkley. You're just some fool that looks like him." And, I, <laughs> and he just walks away. I think so the like, difference, Be gone, Charles. The difference between Michael Jordan and those guys is those guys are happy to make fun of themselves. Yeah, Michael Jordan, no way. No. Well, Charles Barkley became like a pretty like fa- famous, you know, commentator as any had like a sense of humor. About well, is himself. it Charles Barkley um, that's in the Clerks TV show where it's like? Charles Barkley actually makes a jump shot and the Knicks win an important game. <laughs> right. like, wake up, wake up, you're having yeah, a nightmare. Yeah. Potentially, yeah. Yeah, it's Charles Barkley because him? there's they do the Godfather ending where he's like talking uh, to kids yeah, yeah. and then Jane Silent Bob show up and they like beat him uh, up. Charles Barkley. You know, he's had a good sense of humor about himself. Yeah, I, I like that. I like is. that. And the other guys are funny too. Like Muggsy Bogues is funny in this. Uh, Patrick Ewing. I you're saying names and I'm nodding. Yeah. Sure, that sounds like a name. Even Larry like Bird. Bones. Even Larry Bird, who's like one of the retired players. You know, he's like playing golf with Jordan bill murray when he gets sucked down the hole he's funny i don't know i just like everybody in this it's just a fun time 
And uh, yeah, the cameo Bill Murray is a lot of fun in this. Who they didn't know was going to show up or not, and then he just did. But that's always how it is, yeah. right? They never know if he's going to show up. But aren't you excited for who's in Space Jam Two that stars in it? I could take or leave LeBron James. I don't really. I don't follow basketball, so. No, I mean as, uh, he's obviously like Michael Jordan as basketball player, but I saw him in that Train Amy Wreck. Schumer movie. I thought he was very funny in Train Wreck. I didn't like that movie, yeah. but I thought he was because like there's that scene where he's like, "Oh, you're trying to pick up the check." He's like, "Are you?" Wait, Paul Rudd's like, "Are you joking? Yeah. Like, you want me to pay for this?" He's like, "What? It's only." Fair. No, I agree. I think he's probably got more charisma than Michael Jordan mm. for sure. But I, think but I still don't really. I don't, I don't think he's going to fare well in this. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to see it in theaters. <laughs> you're going to go see it in theaters. <laughs> I will see this it in is theaters. what you're going to go see in theaters. You know what? Uh, my mean, partner what Emily has been every week. She says, "I wish I could go back to movie theaters, just have some popcorn, have some alcohol, just sit and watch a movie with a collective experience." And I think Space Jam Two is one that's like bad enough that we'll probably have a few laughs watching it. You know what? It is the kind of thing that if I were to go see it, it'd be like that five dollar tuesday thing exactly you know That's I would we're totally, definitely gonna see it on tuesday yeah i would consider that but you know it's like my partner's not getting her second vaccine till like the end oh, of the month the and it's like by the time she's feeling comfortable i don't know if i care about like all right let's go to see space jam 2 we gotta go it's playing the lone guy space jam and new legacy there's kids families all around me and there's me sitting there <laughs> you put your arm like this as if you're holding like a bugs bunny like doll i'm holding a child and my two friends there. michael jordan and, <laughs> and Duck. Duck. my obsession with space jam was was big really? when i was space big. jam love that website still up there i checked it the other day just to be like this is still up right and they've kind of rebranded it so it's like it's still up there but it's like like they could have just gotten rid of Click it. Click on all the links. They all go to like the mm -hmm. same places. Great stuff. Great stuff. All right. So that's it for this week's uh, list of Bay Street Video Podcast, where Bay Street is now open, and they can even take more people now. We can. We've upped it to seven people <laughs> from four. Four to ah, seven. That's more people store. than are usually four in the store. store. Seven. There aren't capacity limits anymore, or at least starting this Friday, but you it's have like to. Thousand, isn't it, the well, it's like limit? you have to make sure everybody's spaced It's like a thousand, isn't it, like the capacity limit? Apart. But like, you look at our store, it's like, I don't even think that's possible with like four people really but you hey know. wait and mark hansen is going on other podcasts now because you were on the norm wilner podcast oh my god i've been doing po i've been talking about video stores non-stop over the last Please. like several months we Stop had a, making me we do had it. a toronto star piece about like a month or two ago what and happened how come everybody started writing about you guys i think every few months it just or every few years it kind of picks up and they're like oh there's still a video store around so toronto star contact attacked us to to do one month or two ago now magazine contacted us to do a piece and then they have a podcast which i was on briefly and then i was even on a c brief like cbc radio thing this uh so this past weekend morning it was like a five minute segment but everybody's reaching well, out I mean, like dear oh, listener does he mention the uh podcast on? i always do and they always cut it they never put it in <laughs> every time i do the interviews i'm like oh we do a podcast here too we go through i tell them where to get it even on the CBC thing, they were like, oh, you sound really good when I was zooming in. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm using my podcast mic because we do a podcast here at the store. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk about the podcast. But listener, we appreciate you we for do. listening. We yeah. do, you know. So until next week, my name is Justin the Clue. And I'm Mark Hansen. Keep on buying. And keep on renting. Space Jam. <laughs> These movies and many more are available at your local video store. Do your dance to the Oh, is that jam. what's a Space Jam song? Yeah. I can't believe I should know it off by. <laughs> Yet I'm blam. It's too early. It's too early. It's like forgetting your mother's face. <laughs> she died, died so long ago. Like, oh, man, what is wrong with me? <laughs>